Okay, so uh, let's uh, bring on Congressman David Rouser now. Uh, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am doing all right. The 7th Congressional District, so down east in North Carolina, I am... Uh, I'm uh, curious. Uh, or do you do you know if you're still the seventh district? Is it still the seventh district? Or are you going to have to move? Are you running for re-election? Are they are they saying now you're like actually over at the state house level? Like have they have they decided what's up with you? <laughs> well, we're all waiting to see exactly how this will turn out. Uh, right now, the projected maps would change it from the seventh district to the third district. How do you but feel about that? I anticipate that the uh, state Supreme Court's going to throw that map out and uh, either have the legislature redrawn or they'll have them redrawn uh, by a special map master. So is that the that, that sort of the guidance, uh, sort of the conventional wisdom that folks are sort of leaning to, that, that the state Supreme Court is, in fact, going to throw the maps out? I think so. I would be shocked if they didn't. Yeah. All right, let's say they don't, and you're in the third. Are you okay with that? How does three sound to oh, you yeah. versus seven? You're all right with that? I uh, I don't like the fact that they changed the number because this area has always been the seventh congressional district. Yeah. It's going to make it very confusing for a lot of people. But as far as the nature of the district itself, uh, it'd be a very good district, not a whole lot of change. Uh, pick up all of uh, Robinson County, the western part of Onslow County, and I would lose uh, the eastern part of Harnett, all of Johnston, and Sampson. But uh, that's the nature of uh, of things when you have uh, major population shifts. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the trade-off there is that we, yeah, the state picks up another congressional district, so that's okay. Um, so now, what uh, what's the what's your read on the uh, the primary date moving around? Uh, and uh, they tried to the Republicans in the General Assembly tried to give some extra time in case they wanted to draw some new maps, but they uh, they got vetoed by the governor uh, for uh, and the reason I saw not ex- it, I'm not persuaded that that's actually the reason he vetoed the bill. Well, I think the fact of the matter is that uh, the legislature was trying to take away an argument from the state Supreme Court by moving it to uh, to uh, the middle of June, early June, under the uh, assumption that the state Supreme Court would basically say there's not enough time for the legislature to deal with this, and so therefore we're going to go ahead and appoint a special map master to draw the maps. And so, therefore, um, you know, they left it in May. I, mm-hmm. I think I think that's the I think that's the reason why the governor uh, vetoed the bill. So he so he doesn't you don't give the Republicans that opportunity, and you force the 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 map drawing to go to the quote expert, take it out of their out of the legislature's hand. I tend to agree with you. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me let me ask you a couple other uh, quick questions on, uh, for example, the I saw your uh, this is a relaunch, actually, of the Congressional Supply Chain Caucus, which uh, I think you pointed out at your website that a lot of people have now become kind of aware of this in a way that they never were. Um, but this actually predates COVID, right? The This supply chain caucus predates COVID? It does, actually. Uh, we came up with the idea uh, because there were supply chain issues long before COVID hit. And uh, then we moved into the new Congress. Uh, we had, uh, of course, dealing with all the uh, COVID uh, issues still. 
the reason why it's taken a little extra longer to relaunch it, I was one of those who objected to the electoral college count by uh, certain states. And we had uh, a couple of Democrats that didn't like the fact that uh, I was, quote, unquote, an insurrectionist, and mm-hmm. therefore they didn't want to uh, relaunch the supply chain caucus with me as part of it, but they eventually got over that nonsense, and uh, we've got it relaunched. So you mentioned the uh, the uh, electoral uh, vote count. Are, are you? Do you like the idea of the reform of the what the ECA, the Electoral Count Act? Are, are you interested in in changing that or reforming that to make it clear what is and isn't permitted? I am. I think it uh, it, it needs to be clarified. Uh, there were two very, I think, strong different uh, views as it related to the Electoral Count Act. Some viewed it as though uh, Congress was mandated to accept whatever the state sent them in terms of the electoral, uh, um, in terms of the electoral uh, slate that they submitted to Congress. Uh, the other view, and many of us took this view, was that uh, you know our founders did a very good job of providing a backstop for every possible scenario. This is one of the most critical issues out there. Uh, when the electoral count, uh, uh, you know, act when the electoral college slate is presented to us, and all those changes that were made uh, uh, by the state legislatures that uh, were not in accordance with the U.S. Constitution, uh, there was a real problem with that. And we felt like the Electoral Count Act uh, basically enabled us to say, hey, uh, this needs to be uh, looked at. And we felt like we had an obligation uh, to raise that point. So I think uh, there needs to be clarity just for purposes of pulling the country together and moving forward so that that type of disagreement doesn't take place moving forward. It does seem like uh, an, a rare area where bipartisan support could actually be gathered for that, because it seems like everybody wants there to be whatever the rules come out to be. But like you can have disagreements about that. But I agree. Like it seems like there could be some uh, some agreement that something should be uh, uh, done to clarify you know what the rules are. Because like the argument I, I've heard also is like if you've got a state that's just like wantonly you know, engages in corruption and fraud, is there no recourse then? Like, are we saying there's there's no response? There shouldn't be any kind of response? Like, it seems like there should be something available, but it shouldn't be something that gets used just for partisan reasons either, just to gum up the works. That's as right. It's been. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and, and in all those states where we objected, those of us who chose to object and voted to sustain the re- objections, that's exactly why we objected and then voted to sustain the objections was we did not feel like the tally that was coming from those respective states in question, uh, those, those election laws were not made in accordance with the U.S. Constitution. Yeah. Well, yeah, and in some cases, right, the legislatures weren't even involved in those decisions. Like in North Carolina, they they got sued, and then a settlement was entered into that cut them completely out of that discussion. So it wasn't even um, uh, a legislative act in the first place. That's exactly right. Those those those, those decisions were made by uh, officials based on lawsuits where they settled. And the legislature was not involved whatsoever. The U.S. Constitution says that only the legislature has domain over election laws. Yeah. 
Um, David Rouser, he's a congressman from uh, now the seventh, but soon to be, I guess, the third, unless, of course, all that gets thrown out. So we'll be, <laughs> we'll be paying attention to that. But I do appreciate your time, sir. It's uh, very nice to meet you. Nice to talk with you. And we'll have you back on the program. Thanks for your time. Oh, great to visit with you.